And here we go. This is the Back Row Bengals Sports Podcast. I am your host, Josh Miller. And finally, we are live from Twitter and now YouTube. Brand new on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. Just tweeted out the link. So that way on YouTube, now I can see all of you and I can see all of your comments. And we'll throw up all the comments up on the screen. So that way I can read all of them and we can go through them. And we can uh, we can basically just be sad together. Uh, an absolutely brutal loss to the Jets that the Bengals took in New York, 34 to 31. Last game of a three-game away stretch, and uh, we were we are now two and three on that away stretch. Going in now, we are five and three overall. Uh, absolutely brutal, and a lot of it was inexcusable. And we're going to get into it right now. Uh, first off, want to say uh, brought to you by FanSided.com. Go ahead and head over there for all NFL teams. So if you like not only the Bengals, but somebody else and uh, some other teams you can go over there. They have all different types of sports and uh, they're very nice to me. So uh, definitely go over there. And um, it, it's, it, it's absolutely abysmal that the Bengals lost in the way that they did. And, and it just showed signs of where we came from basically last year. We, last year we had uh, nine losses all by one possession, which it in, in and of itself is completely inexcusable. But that being said, is that when the, you know, eyes are on you and now that the you know, national media is actually following along with the Cincinnati Bengals, it, here comes expectation. And now how does this team handle that expectation? I mean, given it, that they went into Baltimore and absolutely blew out the Ravens, I mean, obviously the national media is going to be all over them. You got to be able to hold it up. You got to be able to deal with it. This is something that this team has never really had. This is a, something that Zach Taylor's never really had. He's had local expectation. I mean, obviously this year, if you, I mean, we kind of talked about it uh, throughout the year before and, and the preseason is that this team really actually, you know, we all kind of knew it's like, okay, this team actually has a chance to be pretty good. Um, but now everybody knows it. Then nobody's going to take you lightly. Now there is no, there is no sneaking up on teams. Everybody knows who, exactly who you are and having Joe Burrow as your quarterback doesn't help that. And having the offense that we have, doesn't really help that when Jamar Chase is, um, you know, tearing up every single defense out there, then you don't really have, you don't, you can't really sneak up on teams anymore. And uh, who that Blackthorn. And um, so when that comes, so now you have that expectation of winning, you have that expectation of going in and actually blowing out teams like the Jets and blowing out teams that, you know, you should like the Jags a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, teams that you should be able to uh, blow out coming up. And you know what? Honestly, you should be able to beat Cleveland. They're beaten, they're battered, and they're pointing fingers. Should be able to beat Cleveland next week. Um, but that being said, they go into New York. They let Mike White look like absolutely, like, look like Dan Marino. And, and there's a couple reasons of why my, the Jets offense had so much success. And, and first, I want to start off with, the coaching aspect of it because I mean Zach Taylor laid it out in his post game press conference. Got outplayed, got out coached. Both of those are true. Uh but first starting off with the coaching part of it, I really don't understand what Lou Anarumo's defensive scheme was going into that game. I mean this is this is a guy that has never started in the NFL. I mean he's got a couple of snaps. He, I mean he started in the regular season, but he's never started any any time outside of that. And instead of putting on the pressure, going man-to-man, and forcing him to throw, we were running a really soft zone. And everybody knows that. And 
Jets offense was just a dump off, dump off, dump off, dump off. I mean, it looked like it was Paul Gunther's defense out there uh, during the 2015 year where they we let the Steelers do the exact same thing. I, did, I didn't understand why we didn't press up on man. Who on the Jets, seriously, who on the Jets does, like scared us deep on the deep threat? Uh, Blackthorn pops up. He says, I feel like Lou didn't adjust to the dink and dunk. And you're right. He did not. And you know what? That's where the Jets, the Jets came back. We were up by 11 with four minutes to go. And Lou Anarumo didn't adjust to the dink and dunk. Instead, he just kept playing the same way. And I understand, like, you know, it was, I guess, working in the first half, but not really. And he didn't adjust to the dink and dunk. And he didn't do something that we haven't seen all season. We've seen that this coaching staff really take a step forward, especially Lou Anarumo. And I've been singing his praises this year. Um, as not to compare it to last year, but that this game showed like he was doing it like last year and not adjusting. And I, I just, I, I don't understand how he went from being aggressive to a really good team, like the Ravens, where you saw a lot of blitzes, you saw man-to-man coverage, how he went from there to go play in the jets who don't have a deep threat. I couldn't even name you a receiver on their, on their roster right now. I mean, I'd have to look and the quarterback hasn't even taken a regular seat started a regular season game and we run soft cushion that doesn't even make any sense and then it got worse towards the back half of the uh back half of the game now i want to move over to the playing side of it uh this is still on the defensive side of the ball i un louis Rumo's scheme would work if we were able to actually tackle the tackling has been something that the Bengals have done incredibly well this year, especially compared to last year. The, the tackling on Sunday was abysmal. It, it was absolutely abysmal. I believe Logan Wilson uh, graded in at a 26, uh, 26.2. I mean, that's, that's absolutely terrible. And uh, it, it, it really was, it was absolutely inexcusable. The black door and you're right. I mean, you're, you're hundred percent on it. The tackling, it, it was very, it was lackadaisical. It was lazy. However, when you're up by 11 with four minutes to go, and even though the tackling's been, you know, terrible the whole game, what good teams do is instead they step on the, they step on the gas and they figure out a way to rally to the ball and find a way to get out with a win and do whatever they can do to, to get out with a win. But instead, this team, was lazy and lacked days go towards the end of the game and could nut up at the end. They couldn't do it. I'm sorry if uh, I'm sniffling a lot. I got a little bit of a head cold here, so I'm trying to trying to not do that, but here I am. Again, if you guys are uh, watching on Twitter, then that's awesome, and you want to like comment in on the show or anything, go to my YouTube page. The link will be in the description. Uh, or not the description. The link will be in like a previous tweet that I had. I think it's the one right before this. And, um, yeah, then, then you can go and you can come here and you come and talk with uh, me and Blackthorn here. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, defensively, they, they really, it, it was, and it was, it was, not only was it bad, it was, it was shockingly bad. It was shocking. It was something that this defense has never done this year. And it, it's, it's going to be interesting how they respond. And I will say this, I understand it's the NFL. But I do think this did have something to do with it. It was the third game of an away stretch. And and look, and and again, it's a reset of expectations because going after the Baltimore game, and you know, probably after, you know, the game before that, and, and probably during the Green Bay game, and you know, the expectations were getting higher and higher for this team. 
but if I would have told you that we went on this three game away stand and I said we went two and three, you'd be probably pretty happy about that. I mean, I would at the beginning of the year, I would. Now we know full well that that wasn't that wasn't acceptable and it wasn't good. Um, but eventually it, they it came back and it, and it bit them in the ass when you know you you let that jet lag get to you, and you can't do you can't do that you can't do it against the Jets. The team it's a one in five team. Mike White, Mike White threw for four hundred yards, and here's the here's the thing, he's gonna look terrible the next couple of he's gonna look terrible. I'm sorry, my dog's barking right now. He's going to look terrible the next couple of days because or games because the Jets are going to start him, but all of his passes were low in the flats, five-yard slants, five-yard outs, five-yard ins. Very, very, just just slow. And, 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 you know, fast passes. You play man-to-man and you force Mike White to throw the ball deep, he, he doesn't even have 400 yards. He probably has 100 yards. So, so, I mean, one good thing that the defense did, though, they won the turnover battle. So now let's jump over to the offensive side of the ball. Uh, let's talk about Joe. Let's talk about Joey here real quick. Uh, Blackthorn, you made you made a, a comment here. Is Burrow had a lot of batted balls at the line? Yeah, he did. He really did. And and that's something that it hasn't been a problem, but it's been noticeable uh, throughout his career here so far. I've seen him get balls bad at the line before. And, you know. It wasn't the worst. It's not his worst characteristic, but it's something to keep an eye on. He's got to learn to be able to read that and, and pull the ball down. And he's got to he's got to get back out to using his legs. And now let's go back to the the entire offense because honestly, I, I thought I thought Joe Burrow played pretty well. I would say that that pick at the end was horrible. It was on a screen pass, but again, the scheme the the, the play was the play call was terrible. I mean, it was a screen pass to Jamar, but. That's like one of our most predictable plays we have in the playbook. It's so predictable. Uh, And I've heard that, you know, that the Bengals line up in that formation, that every single team in the NFL knows what they're running. They know they're going to run a a screen to Jamar. It's that predictable. And And at the end of the game, it's something that we saw Zach Taylor do that we haven't seen him do all year. And, uh, but, uh, and then, I mean, Offensively, this this team just they they did they did enough to win. I'll give them that, but they didn't do enough to put the Jets away. So let's go back to the turnovers here. You got to be able to capitalize on that Jesse Bates pick that he took to the one yard line. I mean, if you can't punch if you can't punch the ball in and the one yard line when you got four plays to do it, absolutely. I mean, that's absolutely abysmal. Offensively, that's terrible. And it's it's showed something that is just like where is the creativity? Why can't or forget the creativity? Where is the will? Why don't you just line? Why can't you just line up and just get that one yard? Just get the yard. You're in the NFL. You're paid to do this. You are this offensive line. Be a better team. You are a better team than the Jets. You're five. You're five and two. They're one and five. Just get up on get up on the center, real quick. Die forward, touchdown. That's it. We're not even talking about it. it. That was a massive turning point in the game. And we have that touchdown. It's over. It, right? Pound the pound the rock, man. Pound the rock. And I, I I don't get I I don't I did not understand that series altogether. 
I also don't understand why we're going shotgun so much from inside of the five yard line. It seems that Zach Taylor likes to do that. And again, I'm not going to bash him because I mean we are five and three. I, I, I did not think we would be five and three at this point with two and zero in the division. Would not. And I'm saying Zach Taylor's doing a great job. We're talking about this game specifically right here. And, and he's just I I didn't understand that. And then on top of that, Zach Taylor's challenge on Joe Mixon's uh, pass that he got down to the one yard line made no sense. It, it really, it made no sense because clearly Joe Mixon wasn't in. I, I didn't need a review to, review to say see that. I really didn't. Um, and the announcers were even confused of why he did that. And really, I, I was, excuse me, I was genuinely shocked. But on T. Higgins' catch that he took down to the one-yard line where he wasn't touched and he walked into the end zone, there was no challenge. And then, at the, but here's the thing. At the end of the day, and I heard Jay Morrison kind of talk about this on a Hear That Podcast Ground on the walkout. He mentioned that, like, why don't you have tr- enough trust in your offense to just get that one yard? I mean, Joe Mixon was down at the one-yard line. We eventually, eventually ended up getting the touchdown, but push it in. Push it in. Just, just figure it out. Pound the ball. Pound the ball. Now, Blackthorn, again, makes it making a, a great – I mean, I should just have you on the show, brother, man. Uh, he, he said he thinks he thinks Joe Burrow is more uh, is more comfortable in the uh, shotgun. I, yeah, I would agree with that. He ran a lot of that at LSU, a lot a lot of five wide, a lot of a lot of spread, a lot of shotgun. So I, I can understand that. But I mean, I guess I'm a little old school. That I mean, when you're when you're just inside of the five yard line, you just get up on the center and you just pound the ball. You just pound the rock. Uh, so I mean, so going back to what what I was really saying, Zach Taylor just didn't do enough to to figure it out, to put the game away. And uh, look, you scored 31 points. It should be enough, but it's not. That's the problem. It's, it's, it's not. And we had a chance, we had a chance to go back and, and, and take the lead back, but it got screwed on by a penalty. And I got to say that obviously that penalty didn't cost us. We put ourselves in that decision. It's not what I'm saying. There were plenty of things that we could have done to prevent even being there. And we should have done. However, that penalty call was one of the most egregious, horrible, just terrible calls I've seen in a very long time. Forget if it's even right, unless it is like completely like violent head to head. How do you call that? And it wasn't right. It wasn't right. I mean, you can call that on the off. You should have called it on the offense. You really should have. It it, should have been because. The receiver for the Jets lowered his head. I believe that's him initiating the contact. Mike Hilton just, just, he went for the legs. If the receiver doesn't drop his head, which is the definition of helmet to helmet, if the wide receiver doesn't drop his head, there is no penalty. So now you're setting a precedent for basically the rest of the league that the receiver, if he drops his head, there's more of a likely chance that the defense is going to get the penalty. So what are we trying for here? Are we trying to be safe? Are we trying to be right? Trying to give the offense more? I don't get it. I I, I think it, that, was, that was an abysmal call. It was an absolutely egregious call. And uh, But at the end of the day, there were a lot of things that could have been done to not be in that position. And I think, I think, I think there is no singular blame on this game. I would say most of it would go to the coaching staff as a whole. I wouldn't say just Zach Taylor or just Luana Romo. 
I would say it's everybody all together. And I would, and I, I would say it's more the coaching staff because they, they didn't get them prepared. And that is what it is. It, look, it's an emotional victory. A lot of us saw this coming, and a lot of us were like, "Oh, this is not going to happen. It, we're not. We're not going to do that. We're a better team than that." Like we know, we know, we've seen other teams not be able to handle this. It still happened. I mean, Sam Hubbard came off uh, came off during his post game press conference and basically said, "It doesn't. It still doesn't feel real." Neither did your tackling, boss man. I mean, the tackling was, it was abysmal. In defensive line, got no pressure. And there was no pressure dialed up either. And just going back to my original point with Luana Bromo, there was no pressure dialed up. I, 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 and I'm not a defensive coordinator. I've been around the football. I've been around football for a long time. If I'm going against a backup quarterback that's never started in a regular season game, I'm heating him up every play. I am heating him. Up. I am forcing him to throw every single time and throw it deep. The one time that he did throw it deep, he overthrew the receiver by five yards. He he has no deep ball accuracy. There is none. I can go out there and throw five five to ten yard dink and dunks. I can do that all day all day. I'm sitting here in a chair in Cincinnati, Ohio, talking about the Bengals. I, I don't even need to be in the NFL to be able to do that. I can go out in the yard and do it with my dog. I, because when there's no pressure coming, it, it it what do I care? Another thing I, I wanted to bring up that on the more this is more on the offensive side of the ball it is a play call that doesn't didn't make any doesn't make any sense it has never worked i don't know why we're still doing it it is the halfback dive with joe mixon with cj uzama as the h-back that play has never worked it has never worked this year excuse me first of all number one cj uzama is not an h-back he's not if you want to put a tight end there you're going to probably have a lot better luck with Drew Sample. I don't know why CJ is even there. Number two, the best part of the Jets team is their defensive line. That's their best part of the team. You got to be able to respect that. I understand you want to go out there and you want to dominate. However, you, if you want to go out there and win the game, you got to respect the game. You got to respect it. So if their best part is their defensive line, let's string that out. Let's stop running to the short side of the field. Let's run to the open side of the field make those defensive line run you make them run you get them tired trust me i know i was a defensive lineman i got really tired really fast now again high school high school days you want to go to my high school my picture's up there just saying wasn't in football it was in lacrosse but leave me alone um but at, at any rate you can't go out the, you can't you got to be able to respect you got to respect your opponent that's what i'm basically trying to say the Bengals didn't respect the jets and you know in the NFL, that's what happens. It's a week-to-week league. Anybody can beat anybody. This isn't college anymore. This isn't high school anymore. Anybody can beat anybody, especially in the NFL. And and any, I guess any quarterback can throw for 400 yards, and that's exactly what freaking Mike White did. Excuse me. We Actually, I will say this. As a Bearcats fan, for any Bearcats fans, you all are probably pretty familiar with Mike White. Uh, he played at Memphis. I, I, I do remember him playing a little bit at Memphis, but uh, I remember him beating us too. So he Mike White's just got Cincinnati's number, I guess. That might be it, actually. It might be just the Mike White curse uh, for the Bengals. But here's the thing. So that being said, you got to recal- recalibrate. 
And you got to got to look right back at this team. Number one, the offense as as not as as bad as they looked because they just from the eye test they did not look good. But they scored points and they scored enough to win. You scored thirty one in the NFL, you should win. Your defense has got to get it done. Then you look at the other side of the ball, the defensive scheme, and the defensive players were soft as Charmin Ultra. Soft. Soft. Because, I mean, they, they, we played just so much zone. We And we treated like their receivers were all, like, deep threat. Like, all oh, Devontae Adams and Jamar Chase is on the freaking Jets. And, and that Mike White's going to hit them, too. So we also have to throw that in there as well. Yeah. So... That being said, we got to recalibrate here. We got to relook at everything, and we and we got to just you know take it back. Number one, this team is really good. This team can still win the division. You're th- we're two and zero in the division. Two of your games that you've won are on the road. That's massive. You won at Pittsburgh and at Baltimore. Now you got a Cleveland team coming up who's four and five. They're down in the dumps. Odell and Odell's father are now slinging it at Baker Mayfield on Twitter. And if you watched, if you went back and watched the highlights of the Pittsburgh Browns game, number one, both teams look terrible. Number one, the, the, the Pittsburgh's defense is still unreal without uh, with TJ Watt. But I mean, this that's also a defense that the Bengals put twenty four points on. So take that for as you may. But if you went back and looked at those highlights, a lot of it was a lot of it wasn't Baker's fault. A lot of it was the receivers' fault. That being said, they're you probably saw a lot of this, and I'm kind of jumping all over the place here now um, because I'm talking about Brown Steelers, so I'm kind of all over the place. You look, you look at that game, and you'll see that like a lot of blame was being put not on Baker, and a lot of people were saying you can't blame Baker for this loss, you can't blame Baker for this loss. Listen, yes, you can. A lot of it was not Baker's fault. A lot of it was. He is a game manager. He is your quarterback. He gets you ready for the games. Along with the coaching staff, he's just like that. And if he wants to be a leader, then I, I suggest he's got to stop doing all these freaking commercials because that's exactly what happened to him his uh, first year. He did a lot of commercials. There was a lot of hype around him. Guess what? Dog shit. Didn't mean to curse there, but yeah. And then now it's the same thing again. And now, and now they're ripping each other on Twitter and, and on YouTube, and it's going all over the place. I got to say, a lot of it can be placed on Baker. He is a terrible game manager. He's not getting that offense ready to go. He's not a leader. And I thought he was. I, I, I bought into it. I thought he was. Uh, looking at the Steelers, the Steelers look exactly what we thought they are. Defense is really good. Offense really sucks. I mean, that's, that's kind of it. They're going to they're gonna find a way to win games. And uh, you just gotta you just gotta be the better team, which the Bengals are. They're a better team. Um, so that being said, you're two and zero in the division. You go to you have Cleveland coming into Cincinnati, four and five. If you beat them here, Browns will go zero and two in the division. The Bengals will be three and zero. That pretty much knocks Cleveland out completely, in, in my in my opinion, because Cleveland's got a whole lot else. They got to go to Pittsburgh. They got Baltimore twice, and then they have Cincinnati one more time in Cleveland at the end of the year. So they could, this could really knock Cleveland out. Cleveland needs to win this game. I say we do as well. We want to win this division, and I think we, I think we can. I think we're the best team in the division. I think this is a team that is the best poised to do it. You got to win here. You have to win on Sunday, without a doubt. 
Steelers are looking better, especially on defense. I would I would agree. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Steelers are a good team. You get T, they got TJ Watt back. Uh, all that's just kind of figured out. And I mean, their defense is going to carry them through a lot of games. Now, to be to be fair, I would say a lot of their wins are not are not against not great competition. But like we've been talking about this entire time, it's the NFL. Anybody can beat anybody. So the fact that you can go out there and get it done and win, it's all that matters. So then you look. So then forget the AFC North. You look down the schedule. Bengals got a lot of winnable games. A lot of a lot of them are at home. Kansas City looked terrible. Looked terrible last night against the Giants. Absolutely terrible. And then you got, excuse me. Then you got the Chargers again, who have really fallen off. A lot of people have really figured out the Chargers. And, and Justin Herbert's good. The dude's got a dude's got a cannon. So you got to watch out for that. But the, but that that's a winnable game. You got to go. You got Baltimore again at home. You did the hard part. You got to you got them at home. They are going to be coming for. They're going to be coming for your. They're going to be coming for the crown. Because right now the Bengals still have it, and they 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 own it. We own the Ravens right now, so they're going to come in. They're they're going to be looking for. They're going to be looking for it. Problem is that the Ravens still have is that they still don't have a that great of a run game without Lamar Jackson. You, th- you take Lamar out, they they have nothing. They have literally nothing. Um, I saw today that they acquired Allen Robinson. Doesn't really scare me that much. I I, I don't think that's going to be enough to beat us honestly I, I i the ravens are still gonna be pretty good but i don't think it's gonna be enough um yeah the yeah just like blackthorn said the chargers decline is a surprise and yeah it is it's it's a it is a shocker um but here's the thing and you know you guys saw it, and i i i thought it was a little cheesy at at first but now it's like okay i kind of get it when then uh, Joe Mixon, Jesse Bates, and I believe it was Tyler Boyd, uh, all came out to the press conference together. Said we're not going to point fingers. We're going to come out together and and we're stand united, and that's great. That's awesome. Wonderful. I didn't need you to come out and say that. I kind of expected that from this team because this is exactly what this team is. We're about to we're about to see how what this team really is and what they can do. They got to come out and they. I mean, honestly, they got they got to go and they got to whoop up on the uh, on the Browns. And I think they can. I really think they can. I think this is a game that's winnable. It's in Cincinnati. You can make a statement. You can go three and zero in the division, and and you can take the crown in the AFC North. And just like that, forget the playoffs. You win in the AFC North. Now you got to start looking around uh, the rest of the league. We need some. We need some Buffalo losses. Obviously, we need some Baltimore losses. Uh, we need a couple of the other teams that we're looking around. We need Vegas to. Uh, keep losing, and their wide receiver really, uh, man, that Henry Ruggs situation. If you haven't heard, uh, Henry Ruggs, he's one of their best receivers. Uh, he got involved in DUI last night, and he apparently, when somebody in the DUI accident died, uh, it wasn't him. So you you draw your own conclusion, but that, I mean, that is a, that's a terrible situation. Then on top of that, they have an interim head coach. We keep saying that. You got to go to Vegas. I mean, then that's one of our away games. So I mean, okay. I I I like her. I like her chances at Vegas. I I really do. I really do. And we just gotta, we just gotta come together. And and again, I don't think this team's gonna be pointing fingers. I really don't. I think they're professional. I think they know what they're doing. They like each other. They'll be fine. I I really I 
I saw enough to know that this team is is not bad. I mean, just just caught us the NFL. This, this team definitely isn't bad. This team is where they should be, like against the Ravens. Like that, that's where this team you is pretty much is at. I would love to see. Uh, somebody called it and said Packers Bengals uh, rematch in the Super Bowl. That would be sick. I'd love to also see the Cardinals out there. Yeah, that was another thing too. A, a lot of other teams lost around the league as well. Uh, a lot, a lot of bad losses. Uh, Tampa Bay went down to freaking the Saints, and uh, they they're all they Trevor Simeon uh, also had a had a great game. And it's, it's just it was just the season of the backups, I guess. So I mean, it happens. All right, y'all. It is currently six fifty eight. That's, I mean, that's about all I got for uh, this game here. At 7.30, we have the uh, uh, college football rankings. Can't wait to go see them. Uh, I believe, personally, I think UC is going to be at number three. If it, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, it came out today that Desmond Ritter was asked to be uh, on the show and do an interview. He declined, uh, which I think was a smart move uh, because he's got to focus on the American. And I, I really like that. Oh, shoot. Blackthorn, you're absolutely right. One more thing about the AFC. Uh, Derrick Henry is out for the year. And uh, uh, that that's huge because that's another team that we needed to lose. I mean, obviously, it's terrible for the sport because I love watching Derrick Henry run. He's ridiculous. He, he really is a, a, an absolute beast. But he's out for the year. So, I mean, that's pretty big. And we need – that's a, Titans were uh, another uh, team we needed to lose. Uh, I want to thank everybody for watching here. Get, definitely go and watch. Uh, the Bearcats are going to be, uh, I believe, third. I think they're going to be third. So going back to what I said, Desmond Ritter was asked to, to interview tonight, and I don't think they're going to ask him to interview if they're left out of the top five, uh, top four. So I think there'll be three. I think, uh, I believe it'll be Georgia one. I think it'll be Michigan State two, uh, Cincinnati three, and it'll be Oklahoma four. That that's That's my thought process tonight and then um i have one more thing uh i'll come back uh blackthorn thank you again for uh, participating really guys I i'll come shout you out I i'll i'll give you a bunch of love if you uh come watch on youtube i'll be posting this later if you missed it and so uh we'll be talking later all right guys so that'll do it this has been the back row bengals sports podcast i am your host josh miller has been brought to you by fansided.com Go over there if you want to read some great articles or uh, listen to some great podcasts. All right, y'all. I'll see you later. Take care. And uh, who day? And let's hope that we see a big old number three or number two next to the Bearcats name. All right, y'all. Peace.